Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom said it's my turn on the podcast. <laughs> Welcome to my turn. All right, Waypoint. Okay. Uh, crew gather uh, every once in a while to talk about movies that are tangentially related. Uh, it's it's my turn on the podcast, and I picked. Well, actually, really, the listeners picked my you suggested nomination. You suggested yes, my nomination for this listener led round of my turn. This um, Dan, this Dan Trachtenberg approved <laughs> podcast, it the is, director of is. Prey, way, out yeah. here telling you to listen. Like that's that's the kind of quality well, we're we're bringing. That's a di- that's he, a very different tweet than what I read. He <laughs> no, sent no, me a no, DM no. actually, and was like, uh, "Actually, this justifies me making movies." And mm-hmm. wow, honestly, uh, Waypoint Plus should be ten dollars. I was rather <laughs> moved by that. Uh, yeah. Sadly, I deleted the deleted the DM. Right, uh, right. So now he no actually one can never know. Sent a text to my actual phone number, uh, which he got through internet googling. Uh, and uh, told me that he likes the podcast a lot, and it's his favorite podcast, um, and that he thinks uh, women women should talk more. <laughs> it was an abrupt turn. You know, it could have been... Well, un- unfortunate for this Let's have a real then. conversation, Dan, but, uh, you know. Um, so I suggested uh, we take a Harry, uh, Harry Dean Stanton-bridged uh, turn towards uh, <laughs> Escape from New York. Uh, literally just because Let's he's in that movie. Good, Harry thing, good, things, good things only happen to Harry Dean Stanton on bridges. <laughs> yeah, right? Mm. <laughs> um, uh, yes, we are talking about Escape from New York, oh, the shit. 1981 film by John Carpenter. Uh, I believe on, I his third only. Real quick. Uh, what's up? There is a Christmas movie in which Harry Dean Stanton is an angel sent to help people appreciate their lives and the mm-hmm. meaning of Christmas. Excuse mm-hmm. me. And the way he does that, there's a woman who's very grumpy because she's working poor and her life sucks and it's the 70s. Uh-huh. And to help her understand the <laughs> blessings of what she's got, Harry Dean Stanton, an angel, uh-huh. makes her husband and I think maybe her kid drive off of a bridge into a freezing river and drown. Cool. Whoa. Um, like like all the way me? yeah like all the yeah. way drown yeah no they're, they're dead oh, we're, we're talking about a f- like a like a beetlejuice situation yeah he just like straight <laughs> up and like it's ambiguous like did he actually kill them or did he just like kind of watch it happen as a uh like as a hold up gone wrong 
uh, kills kills her family. I don't know. And, one Magic Christmas is the name we, of this movie. But one and the movie Christmas. likes this. The movie looks at the situation, and goes, "Yeah, nice." Hell no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. But the issue. So it is like because that happens. Uh, Mary Steenburgen's character now realizes, you know, we had it pretty good mm-hmm. um, being sort of impoverished and living paycheck to pay- paycheck. Uh, and so we feel better about it now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now, who's message. we now? Now, who's we? It sounds like there's just the one left. Uh, well, no, he brings them back. Oh, oh well, that's oh, important. Okay. That's important yeah. information. So yeah, let, me, let me tell you, like, it's like for a long time. Like her family's dead. Like too long. <laughs> yeah. That's like, a yeah. long time. Years? Like the runtime of the movie. Mm. Uh like the rest of the holiday. Long season. enough. Sure. Yeah. Mm. The trauma has sunk in by that point. Like, oh, yeah, that, for sure. Like the, the the nervous system has already kind of adjusted to the death of the family. And so when they come back, oh boy, it's not good. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> Harry Dean Stanton bridges. Always like dark portents when that yeah. motherfucker's anywhere near a bridge. Not 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 good, especially bad for him in this one. Um we um and also, funnily enough, it seems to have a very opposite view of uh the working class than uh that movie that you were just talking about. Um I'd say I feel like uh one of the uh this film's uh more interesting uh uh, uh notes is the way it kind of decides to portray its dystopia uh through the different classes of people that that you see and like what their motives and uh 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 like ends aims are in 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 this uh in this in this film hang on i'm I'm curious about that because i'm like I'm not sure I would say that the movie protects a gr- depicts a great deal of class because like what mm-hmm. it what it outlines at the start is yeah it's sort of RoboCop like in what like the 1980s uh, things get real bad <laughs> yeah I and love the, dude I, I adore this opening is I'm a little I'm a little more lukewarm on like the movie like generally speaking I think it's like really interesting but I'm one of my uh, lesser Carpenter uh, favorites but the opening is just like this massive home run swing of like so. Violence got really bad. We just shut down New York and turned it into a prison. And you just accept it. It just, yeah. it doesn't even do world building. No. It just does world. Right. Yes. But Minute like one. there's. The crime has increased it. by 400%. Yeah, by like, how many? 400. By, by how also, many? Also, just FYI, that still probably wouldn't. Justify like four like no, four percent no. would not be that no. like four no, and, 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 and I love but, how much it doesn't explain. It's just like and then New York is just and where New do York those is, people go? Doesn't that seem that would create lots of crime and other issues by just emptying out in New York? So they build they build the big fifty foot wall yeah. around the city. <laughs> yeah. Fifteen years go by. Fifteen years go by. No one gives a shit. By the way, for a long time, I was like, it, it finally clicked. I'd always sort of felt like Arkham City didn't draw enough on the No Man's Land arc in the comics, which is really good. One of my favorite arcs in the comics. That's because Arkham City isn't about that comic series. Arkham City is about this. Yeah, <laughs> Arkham City is just Escape from New York. But anyway, many video games uh, are pulling. Fifteen from years from go by, and nobody like. Nobody even really sees like let's check out how things are going in New York. No, they, 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 there's that there's that moment where they ask like what's going on inside. And it's like I don't know. I think they figured out steam engines. Like I don't know. We're only getting scattered reports of what people are up to. 
Yeah. But but the thing is, so like to me, it's like the introduction. There, there's sort of there is maybe if there's class in this movie, I would say it's more like uh, H.G. Wells, the time machine, like Elo, uh, Eloy and, and Morlocks uh, type shit. Like literally people come out of the ground, like pull someone under. But like it sort of seems like there is an authoritarian government class mm-hmm. and then it's like brutal guardians, uh, the, the, the cop soldiers. And then there's like a vast oppressed, uh, like, well, we don't even know, I guess if there's like a purge, like vision of like what normal American life looks like here, we just don't see it. Right. What we see are the cops, the president and, <laughs> uh, Kurt Russell, a representative of a dissident uh, fact, mm-hmm. like uh, a, a criminal faction, and we see the representatives of the dissident faction. Yeah, uh, and like literally, what kicks it off is is uh, you know a political uh, like insurgent takes out Air Force One. Yeah, mm-hmm. the American and, National yeah. Liberation Front, I believe, is what they uh, yeah. cite themselves as. Right, like I mean, this is eighty one. It's right after like. You know, people are still uh, reeling from Vietnam, so the parallels there are direct. I I also have a question here, just to put this into 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 context. When does the rehabilitation of the image of uh, Manhattan happen? Because I know that the like in the history of like the image of New York and the way people imagine it, there is a time period in which uh, Manhattan and Times Square specifically undergo a a pretty serious uh, revitalization uh, so in terms of how culture uh, approaches them. You would probably I think people would probably point to like the mid 90s uh, okay. as being that period. Uh, that's like one of the that's the, one of the signature achievements of like the Giuliani period. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of like broken windows, policing, and such. All these things done to like clean up the streets. Right. What we now know, of course, is that crime just co- like it, crime just collapsed uh, in the nineties uh, in terms of like crime rates, and so like none of that was real. But what was real is that the boomers in their day drove one of the most ridiculous spikes in violent crime ever observed. <laughs> uh like so like like the 70s i think is where you have like literally the police union in new york taking out ads in the paper warning americans to stay away from new york because we can't guarantee your safety uh they just won't let us be police the way we need to be uh so like this is this is where they're doing this is probably where the reputation of new york and the american city is probably at its like lowest ebb okay um and carpenter already touched on that theme a little bit with um uh, assault, assault on, on precinct, precinct 13. 13. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Which I just is literally to... like uh, Detroit is collapsing and in the decaying infrastructure, a final police officer, a po- police station uh, on the verge of being shuttered to just abandon the neighborhood uh, becomes like an Alamo last stand situation against uh, ultra violent street gangs. So like Carpenter is, has sort of uh, been, let's call it meditating on this theme for some time. <laughs> oh, he hates, I mean, this is too early for this era of, of Carpenter, but Carpenter like read through many of his interviews, like fucking hates Republicans, Reagan, especially like this is 81. So this is like the beginning of, of Reagan. So it's a little too early for this to be reaction to Reagan era politics. But you see very quickly Carpenter, like in this film, like laying the groundwork for how he feels about like those sorts of issues. And also, Rob, do you know where this was shot? No. East St. Louis. In oh, Illinois. okay. 
Yeah. Um, because too much of New York was too clean. They needed mm-hmm. to find somewhere that was <laughs> more depraved and decayed. <laughs> and so they they came to Illinois um and 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 shot it and shot it there. Uh, which is a wild fact that I did not know about this film. Yeah, it's particularly funny being here in the city and just the way that Manhattan is a giant playground uh, always from from whenever I've been here. Um, but I mean, I, what's that? That's how it's functioning here fict- fictionally, too. Like, like we are seeing Manhattan as a, as a like disaster. It is, it is still a tourist destination in this movie. It's just disaster tourism, uh, as opposed to like the, the, the gilded city, like the, the camera, the way the camera follows Pliskin through it is like disaster and trauma porn. Uh, sorry, Kato, as you were saying, I apologize. No, no worries. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, early on we are, uh, uh, introduced to our anti-hero protagonist, uh, weird, uh, not <laughs> taking to be here. <laughs> yeah, exactly, a hundred percent. Snake Pliskin, aka the man that Hideo Kojima owes most of his career to. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. Like, yes. uh, um, being processed to be dumped into this giant, uh, you know, island size, uh prison um and we get the um the 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 the, uh uh what were they called the national liberation front hijacking a plane that the the prisoners the 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 prison guards rather don't know what it is it has a code name they don't understand and there's like a line in here where they say they telexed washington and didn't get an answer which i always felt was kind of interesting it's like are we seeing here like a moment of interdepartmental? Like we don't want to admit the Air Force One got uh 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 hijacked, or is there just like they don't know either, and they're not gonna like they're they're not they think the cops are beneath them anyways. There, there's well, it's, very it's few funny. glimpses to like the greater federal situation outside of the police here in the New York prison. The um you know the plane is flying sort of uh, under a. A uh, false flag, as it as it were, uh, false re- registry. But yeah, there there is an element of well. The other thing that jumped out at me is, in a weird way, these cops like they're living in like a Star Wars future. Like it is all <laughs> yeah. like new, like futuristic sci fi barracks, uh, like a fleet of pristine black helicopters, mm-hmm. uh, like heavily armed. Uh, they all have like you know. Like again, glossy, uh, you know, un unscuffed, even like you know, riot gear. And there's a part of me that's like, has is this kind of like this is where the real power lies in the state? Because like right. when you go aboard Air Force One, it just looks like kind of a shabby Air Force One. Like like these these guys are still living back in the seventies, late sixties, yes. like fashions, tech, like nothing nothing about that scene except maybe the little egg. Uh, that he climbs into. <laughs> that pod is, is so, so funny. It's very funny. I can't believe we threw we jammed the, the president into a pokeball and <laughs> threw him to his death. Uh, but uh. yeah, like, but I just get this vibe of like this prison garrison mm-hmm. has become 
maybe the most lavishly funded like agency yeah. in the world. Like they, they seem to exist on a level that no one else does. I mean, it's, if, if, if you, you know, even though we get no glimpses into the broader world, it's not hard to imagine how this is like some massive propaganda tool and that a natural extension of how we see like suburban police forces adopting like military hardware. This is just like yeah. a, like that amped up to the extreme in which, of course, all of the future tech is going to these dudes because, for, you know, the extension of this has to be that like this. Hey, this is why things are good for you, because we're sending people right out there. And it, like, um, it, like, even though we, even though we get none of those, like I kept waiting. I was like, it's been so long since I've seen this movie. There must be like propaganda posters or something that's going to reveal like and this is all to uphold the 1950s nuclear family. And like mm. we did that by getting rid of those pieces of shit to New York. But like. You can you could imply that, you know, you, you could certainly suggest there there is that like conservative strain in why this is running. But the movie gives you no insight into that being the case, which no. I think is is really interesting. Yeah, that you get very few uh, uh, moments of like outer world building aside from like uh, we know that Snake Plixkin uh, is a vet. Right. He was yep. in a war, I think. I don't remember if the, I if I read this afterwards or if I remember it being offhandedly mentioned in World War Three. Like this yep. is a universe where World War. Oh, III he's a has recent happened. war hero. Yes, yeah. they're like you flew. He did some sort of wild mission over Leningrad. Leningrad. Yeah. Yes, exactly. The youngest, the youngest person to have ever been awarded personally by the president. Um, and here is that supposed war hero being almost immediately turned around and uh, put into prison for. Uh, I believe a petty crime of some sort. Nope. It, no, it's robbing nope. a federal reserve. No, he, okay. he goes big. He goes big. I, I I remember robbing, but I didn't remember robbing what. I was just like, okay, it's still robbing, right? Like a non-violent offense in theory, depending on how <laughs> well, depending on how he got in. I think, I think there's a good chance Snake <laughs> took down ten fools yeah. who decided to get in his way. I think kind of, like. Uh, the way people think, talk about Snake in this movie, both like folk, like folks on dead. the inside and like <laughs> this, is, this is a guy who gets into this prison and people are like, whoa, whoa Snake right. he, My guess is he's got a body count. He did the equivalent of robbing Fort Knox effectively. Mm. So mm. like the odds of that having been like <laughs> a, a, a Danny Ocean style, like and nobody was harmed except people's pride got a little bruised. <laughs> I, mean, I suspect that's not. Also, I don't, also, I don't, he doesn't. He, I mean, what's the first kill he gets in this movie? He gets deep in without having to actually like shoot anyone for a while. Well, yeah. The first time someone attacks him, he does blow their arm off. Let's be, let's be fair. Just the people yeah. don't fuck with him for a minute. This is a man that shoots, for a shoots an oval yeah. so that he can kick a hole through a wall. Yeah, exactly. I guess is he's shooting ovals in people's faces <laughs> as well. Um, um, but yeah, uh, we, um, uh, another thing that like I noted from this these early I mean obviously like the first thing that we actually see happen in the prison is two people get fucking murked in the water as they're trying to escape um, which is like, and then like the aftermath of that just being this guy on the radio like very calmly calling in like yeah we've got two in the water dead uh, and it just sets the stakes of like they don't they seem to have complete you know complete power over like who or what they can kill within these bounds right like they seem to kill with impunity and um you know it's not yeah go ahead 
one of the most darkly like humorous moments at the beginning of the movie is mm. when in, in the intake facility when you're going yes. through they're like oh my oh, god yeah. do you want us to just get your ass right now and be cremated <laughs> like yep. we can we can we can work hey you can work with us here do you, you want now, to be ethered just like real quick you now have the option to terminate is what is what the announcement says and for a beat you're just like what is what do they mean if you choose that option now you can be cremated cremated right on the premises <laughs> it's just like oh that's what they mean like you can it's it's bad enough that people might actually take that option which seems wild you know um Uh, the, um, but anyways, we were talking about the, uh, the, the, the hijacking Air Force One and essentially what that leads to, uh, is the, uh, president being lost deep within New York prison, uh, and the, 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 the police force having gone in to try to recover him, find that he's been taken hostage already by people within the prison. And so hang on, can we talk about, uh, like is it like Carpenter's politics, um, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, are obviously like anti right wing and such. But it is very funny to me that the the, the spokesperson, the sort of mouth of Sauron in this situation, uh, is like a queer queer coded like punk twink uh, who comes out <laughs> to be like, uh, if you if you even lay a hand on me, president's dead. Uh, and they can't do shit and, and runs them all off. And, yeah. and, and there's an, uh, like one of the things I find uh, puzzling about this movie or, or a little a little cryptic about this movie. And I'm curious how it all struck you is obviously everyone in this everyone in, in the prison island of New York has been fucked over uh, yes. by the system. Um, but also, boy, we sure are trading on a lot of like stereotypes that instantiate a sort of low-key dread of Mm -hmm. the ruling class Mm -hmm. um and they are they they are they're still they're still i i I feel like definitely set up as as the villains of the film even of course the president represents the, the greatest villain of them all but like when we look at this character who sort of pops up, <laughs> like, like if we look, when we look at this character who sort of pops up, or uh, the the Duke's like army that that, that shows up later, uh, there, like my my feeling on it is also certainly that um, the the movie the, the movie is sort of not person not humanizing them in no. any sense, but just turning them into exactly the sort of like bar barbaric and debased gangs that like they've been treated as. I, I think that this is a movie that, I mean, I was thinking about this when, when Patrick was pointing out or the Patrick and Cotto were both pointing out that there's like, there's no propaganda movie posters that are like, Hey, we're trying to sustain the nuclear family right there. There is, we get no insight as to what the outside world looks like. And I think that is because this movie sees it's like prison industrial system as the end. There is no, it is not the means to an end. This prison system of like that contains, you know, all of these people is not a a necessary evil. It's just how people want the world to work and believe it should work. And I think that's an important distinction um, to be made. And I think that, you know, 
I think that Carpenter correctly identifies that certain categories of people will be immediately placed into those circumstances, but lacks the actual, I would say, care to uh, like acknowledge them as full human beings. Right. The the film dehumanizes everyone here as much as like the camera dehumanizes them as much as the um, actual system does, because everything in this movie, there is no actual ideology here. Um, the president does not have an ideology. Snake doesn't have an ideology. None of the prisoners have an ideology. And so they don't get to have anything human to them outside of their, you know, their bodies and how they're portrayed on screen. Well, and I should be clear, like Carpenter's politics are more clear in his interviews and are mostly blunt as I think Republicans are terrible and specifically I hate Reagan or not necessarily expressed with real nuance in any of the films that have like political themes running through them. It's been a long time since I've seen Assault on Precinct 13, but like (laughs) Escape from New York is not like particularly nuanced or like held no. up it's a, it's a stylized b movie uh the closest he gets to, to approaching this again is they live which is the biggest like like that you want to see him like the big middle finger to like reagan era you know politics like then go watch they live that movie is also not nuanced it doesn't make it uninteresting but it is like a sledgehammer middle finger which is which is how carpenter operates when he is the couple of films that he has that operate with any sort of political messaging but i there's difficult to even find like a strict ideology that runs through them other right. than scattered amounts of I think Republicans are bad. There's a there's yeah. a Stephen King ish quality to Carpenter's approach to politics and his films that are that is easy to get lost in because it's more than window dressing. Like it certainly informs what's happening. Like this movie is written uh, in a response to the film Death Wish, like about vigilantes yeah. and vigilantism and like. That you cannot sucks. extract this movie from the context of Death Wish. Um, and and this is like a specific response to like uh, uh, Nixon and Watergate. So like there's political dots, but you know, like, right. it's kind of like, like Rob, like in a, and at the end of a football game, they show the dots in the field where a player threw them. I mean, he's throwing them. Like yeah. There's dots on the field, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know that the players all caught him. You know, anymore. yeah, this is because uh, yeah, when I saw this, I was like, okay, so uh, my note, my note here is like, what if Stonewall, but too much, uh, <laughs> like is 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 kind of how we reacted in this moment, and then you know we meet the Duke. Obviously, that is every uh, like tin pot dictator uh, stereotype that's existed. Uh, you know, sort of the uh, like the the barbarian king uh with pretensions of like power and civilization and there's no characters in this yeah no none not there's not a single character in this film there are there are people we follow Mm -hmm. but i would argue there are no characters in in this film no one is given Uh, any substance to work with the care the the great the main character is the city of new york (laughs) shut up no, we like we we get at most people and like what they a, a, a thing that they're trying to do, right? Um, and like I think that's those are the only kind of places we really have anything to like grasp onto, right? Like the thing that you have with the Duke is like what his aim, what is his aim in the movie, and the as he speaks it in in the later uh like thing is amnesty for everyone on the island like to have everyone walk across that bridge that she will eventually get to that bridge that doesn't go over super well for harry stanton (laughs) and then um for snake plissken uh 
it seems to be essentially just to, you know, be left alone, to be, to survive. And then he gets embroiled in this situation where his only option is to go through with what the, what the, the police want him to do, which is find the president and specifically a briefcase that the president has on him, which is just as important as the president himself in this, in this moment within a certain amount of time, because after that, these peace talks that are happening will be over and it won't fucking matter because it's like, I guess nukes up is the, is the sort of implication. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, are we assuming uh, no nukes have been dropped yet? Or is there also the possibility I, that there is a I think it's, massive wasteland surrounding yes. this prison? <laughs> I feel I, like I, it, Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I think that uh, uh, this is like a, I mean, we said this is a post-World War III situation recently, but also I think like part of the thing that the movie suggests based on the the final tape that we actually, what we get to hear of it, what's about, what the, the way they want that conference to go is the United States is going to claim to have a super weapon so strong as to completely bring the world under its thumb. Like that is that is the suggestion to me is like the, huh. it is the we have the ultimate deterrent. So I definitely read that as a, in a different everyone. way. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Oh, interesting. How'd you read it? Well, because of a thing that um, the the main police guy says early on, he says, have you ever heard of uh, a fusion uh, when he's talking to Snake? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I believe we're getting there is the announcement that the U.S. has figured out nu- nuclear uh, fusion, which would like an energy crisis. Yes, solution. exactly. It's a solution for an energy crisis that is working in the world because the atom bomb doesn't get much bigger, honestly, even with fusion. I don't think um, it's like fusion is like a a a, a fixed atomic power. Um, but I might yeah. be I might be no, wrong about whether or not it can also be applied. Like, yeah, yeah, because that that does sort of seem to be the how are we going to find our way out of this war? It's we are going to. There's no need for us to continue our rivalry because we have plentiful and bountiful like resources through nuclear fusion. Yeah. <laughs> Which somehow is on a cassette. Yes. Yeah. And it can't okay. be delivered by the president himself for some reason. <laughs> he had to record this. Um but yeah. Uh that that is essentially his mission. He's got a timer on. He's got a watch timer on one hand, and um, uh, basically a secret flip switch to like say like come pick me up on his other hand, and he's sent in with one one gun on a on a paraglider to like stealthily land on the World Trade Center. Um. Um. Yeah, I think like you said, Rob, the 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 there's like a lack of kind of uh characterization for a lot of the the people in this, but um we kind of get very what broadly broadly painted uh ideas of like what people want and the the one thing that everyone uh aside from the duke ends up wanting is any way out even if it means betraying other people that they're in supposed community with, um, except for what is probably one, of the, probably the only actual character in this in this movie, the cabbie, who just wants to truck yeah. and drive his cab yeah. around. Yeah, he's been driving that cab around for thirty years, which is before <laughs> New York was turned into a fucking prison. Um, 
how, how did y'all read? I feel like the, to me, the implication a little bit here was that he just kept driving even as they built the wall. So he just kept going because he's just like a regular schmo. Like this is my home. Yeah, this is my home, (laughs) which leads me to wonder how many other people didn't leave just because like, they're like, what am I going to do? Like, this is where I live. And, um, this is the one bit of like world building that I, I feel like is a glimpse of like, the like extremes that this police state has gone to to like make this prison is like they don't they didn't clear the island it wasn't actually evacuated evacuated normal people are still trying to survive in here well i think that the the argument that the state makes in this situation is crime increased by 400 percent. all the normal people left years ago there's two zeros do you read that yeah there's 400 to be fair 400 is meant to be the entire United States, not just New York, right? This is the, mm, that that mm, statistic mm, is mm. about crime in America, and so there's you know that doesn't necessarily mean that like you were saying like that people have like gone gone. But no, no, no. I know, I know. I I agree with you. I think that the argument that the state makes when building sure, a prison yes. like this is that Manhattan is already ruined. The good people have already left, right. so we can just do this. Right, right, the right. cabbie is evidence that that is not the case. Yeah, 100%. Well, and, and I do think it, it, the closest, like, the closer we get to sensing, like, what is normal life when the president isn't dropping out of the sky on New York <laughs> is the cabbie's in this neighborhood to see a show. Yeah. Like, he is there to see a campy burlesque show. Um, it's also one of the first things, like, for, for the, uh, the movie sets up with all its shots like the place you're about to go to is a hellscape. There is nothing there. You are not going to find anything up but the worst of humanity that has been thrown in there to just become worse. And the first like really like the first moment we get other than like a glimpse of maybe like someone like scattering off the, into the corner is culture mm-hmm. is is a bunch of people getting together to put on a show, sing, perform instruments like there's lighting, electricity is working. It's the only glimpse we really get of that other than the society that like the Duke has built. But I thought it was a really interesting point that the, 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 the movie makes of, hey, we're not going to just immediately just show you a bunch of mutants from the sewer. We're going to get there. Don't worry. But, <laughs> they exist uh, too. But it's actually we're going to show people celebrating culture and song and, and art. So actually, I, th- I think it's important to note that the introductory narration um, – says uh actually like makes this kind of explicit it says uh about the the people living there we are going to show you the worlds that they have made uh and 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 the worlds they make the only people left are criminals and the worlds they make uh, mm. and i think that's that is an interesting note on 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 the narrator is that like no people do make lives like you're saying patrick people do make lives here and the narration and camera <sighs> i think the narration is meant to be dark though i don't think you read that in like if you don't know, if you don't know that scene is coming, right, right, right. I would read that as alongside the like 400% crime rate. It's like, yeah, why don't we see what those fuckers yeah. made in, in New York? It's probably pretty cool, huh? Uh, at least that's how I read it. It's totally. like, hey, we're setting your expectations low on what you're going to consider a which world is why then, uh, past the border. Which is why then when like when it turns out that there's a there's a musical happening and like. Yeah, it, it 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 is played a little bit for laughs, but it's still the fact that it's even like going on at all is still like a a nod to the idea that like obviously not everyone, like a vast majority of people in the fucking prison industrial complex are like 
don't don't need to be there would be getting better help and in, in other institutions of or in different mm-hmm. uh, locations entirely right but i will say so having done this bit of subversive like wow so they just they're just having show tunes nights yeah. on prison <laughs> hell island uh as snake goes and like searches for the president in the backstage region uh-huh. and heads, like delves deeper <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like yeah uh, so what else happens here uh just well, a ton of drugs and sexual assault got it yeah cool and that's what i mean that's what i mean yes. like what i was setting up be skeptical of like grasping out of too much of like the political part right. of this of this movie because yeah. frequently it's it's just like what would be a you know a cool, cool scene or something you know like something like that because the movie will introduces that and i that i was like maybe i've forgotten more of this movie than i'm 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 thinking because when i saw that i'd forgotten the scene opens with essentially a, you know a, you know a musical once they entered new york i said like, wow maybe there's more of that in this movie than i recall no 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 there's not no there's not that's about it <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, like, and, and I think, you know, we, as he continues to delve deeper, um, you know, we, we get the, you know, obviously he's been, he's been chasing a red herring. They've, they've already sort of swapped the homing, uh, device. And so he, uh, runs, he runs across a, a, a drunk guy that they, uh, sort of tricked into donning this device, uh, and gave him a, a delusion of like, now you're the president. And so he's sort he's sort of at loose ends and he goes to, man, this movie just like changes gears. He, he, yeah. he starts getting chased down by what do they call them? Like literally just the crazies. They just call them um, the crazies. Yeah. He ducks uh, into a diner and he meets like someone who seems like they'll be the femme fatale uh, like ally for the night, a cool <laughs> dame who's like, give me a cigarette. They won't bother us in here. Um, and she's like, I'll help you. If you help me get off this Island and snake is like, all right, cool. Make out time. And I thought, I figured we were in for that kind of movie yeah. where it's like, you know, this cool guy is going to find a hot chick and they're going on an adventure and like, you know, get through this night and immediately the immediately. floor opens up beneath her and she's like yanked <laughs> down by the clawing hands, of the crazies who begin like just popping out of the ground. Yeah. Uh, like zombies. They, um, yes. They are essentially for all intents and purposes, zombies running through the streets being called, called out by someone like banging on the, on all the man covers where like, uh, that's just like a, a solid 30 seconds of uh, Pliskin watching this guy bang on the ground being like, what is he doing? And then you realize like, oh, he's just calling people out. It's it's time for it's time for dinner. Cool, yes. yeah, I, this I, is, I, I felt like Pliskin. Like, what, what is happening? Is the ground? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Colonel, hmm. some guy's hitting the ground with a stick. <laughs> uh, the oh, another connection I made, though. I, having just talked about the the video game quarantine hmm. in which you're a cab driver who like doing fairs in the post apocalyptic wasteland and like shooting people and like uh you know trying wow, to do all this stuff about that game in a long time so also didn't realize that is a sk- like the part a where he runs in the cabbie yeah. and the cabbie's like snake what are you doing in this part of town uh <laughs> you shouldn't be here after after dark the only reason uh, I was here cash- was to catch the show. <laughs> Nonchalantly, as he's like taking the fare, uh, lighting a Molotov cocktail, opens his little roof oh, hatch, so yeah. good. flings it out. While saying, this uh, stuff is like gold down here. 
<laughs> it's incredible Amazing. incredible and i was like well shit quarantine is just like that literally that's the design document for quarantine is that one scene <laughs> um and yeah immediately cabbie emerges as like the coolest character in this the best like yeah, yeah he's, he's just a cabbie he's just a cabbie he's just a person trying to trying to do the thing they love which is drive a cab around new york <laughs> and he just wants to tell his buddy eddie yeah. about uh i'm gonna, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna tell eddie tell about eddie this about i, I thought we'd meet eddie at some Quick point skin. Yeah, no, unfortunately. Um, is it is it Cabby who puts Snake on the brain? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because um, he says he w- wants to know where the president is, who would know where the president is. And I think then that's like, oh, well, let me take you to. Let me take you to Brain. Brain. Yeah. Uh, the Duke will know, but to get to the Duke, right. you have to get to Brain. Yeah. Um, brain being, of course, our, our connective tissue here. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton uh, playing a. Um, I, I I missed exactly what the connection was, but the, the were they both in the military at the same time as, as yeah. Snake? Yeah, yeah. both in you the military and, and then the war together and then Fresno Bob. Together. Well, I think they they were in the military together and then worked jobs together afterwards. Right, like right. I get the impression that uh, Pliskin robbed more than the Federal Reserve sure. after he got out, yes. and Brain was one of the people he did it with. Yeah, one of the first things that Brains uh, says is, "You working for the man now, Snake?" In this tone of like, "Why? Why would you? Why would you of all people be doing this?" Um, but of course, you know, the man kind of coerced them. Uh, is the kind of uh, overarching theme with coerced also also, also known as injecting you with yes. nano machines that are gonna yes. uh, another thing that fucking blood. another thing that uh, I Hideo Kojima for a while. was huh. I thought they were faking. I thought that was. I thought that was a complete like we're just bullshitting him. No. Like that's not. This is not yeah. actually. So quite into like up into the last possible second right. when they they came up and actually disabled them. I thought that was going to be one of the punchlines of the movie. Was right. like, <laughs> you really think we have nano machines? Like, come on, buddy. <laughs> it was planned to be. To, to answer to answer this, Carpenter, uh, according to the, something I, I something I read, was like Carpenter did actually. Someone asked Carpenter about this, and he was like. No, I'll be honest. I really thought about it for a long time. And then they use it again in Escape from L.A. Escape from L.A. uses the exact plot device that you're talking about where it's a where it's the red herring. Uh, so Carpenter's saved with the next movie. Mm. Uh, do you know who co-writes this movie? Michael Myers. Oh, right. Not the actor. Nick Castle, who plays Michael Myers in the original oh, okay. Halloween. And in a bunch of other Halloween. Oh, yeah. Comedic actor, Michael, Michael Myers. Was just, what? Shrek <laughs> himself. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. They, uh, I believe uh, Carpenter and Nick Castle uh, were in film school or, you know, knew each other uh, when they were both getting started in the indie filmmaking scene. And they worked together on Halloween in a uh, director-actor capacity and then decided to work together uh, in a writing capacity on Escape from New York. Uh, Carpenter wrote... Uh, Halloween with his partner um, uh, wife at the time and then she continues to produce a bunch of his films going going forward but yeah fucking Nick Castle goes on to uh, direct uh, The Last Starfighter what <laughs> um, Major Pain Dennis the Menace the original story for Spielberg's Hook film um, oh shit uh, <laughs> and just a bunch of other stuff, yeah. like just like a couple. I you know, uh, don't disrespect to Mr. Castle. I just did not. That was not a factoid I knew about yeah. this film, and also that he would then take that writing gig to go on to have um 
himself like a successful because usually when you have folks that are you know the person behind the mask of a major horror character that's well they're just in the the line at the comic-con asking for an autograph uh not necessarily helming a bunch of uh films uh subsequently and so i thought that was super cool that carpenter did that with with him uh and then went into kind of have his own film identity beyond being a guy in a in a mask we should actually take a, a quick break right now we'll be right back quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 50 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for jd power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com And we're back. So, uh, Snake has just met uh, up with Brain and is trying to get him to take him to the Duke, who supposedly has the president of the United States locked up somewhere. Um, In that scene, they have the exchange. Like, pretty much Pliskin is on... He's very upset about they have the personal exchange where you right. realize they it's kind of like our, first, our one of our, you know we have we have the cabbie and then we have brain which we have like two instances in which some of the like you know when I say there are no characters there is like some character like it's more like world building than character like arc right. sort right. of material but we are getting the sense that you know the movie presents as yes that snake is like a you know war hero but that his his notoriety is like well beyond the means of of like just like being a felon or something like that and like this is our second instance where we get sort of a personal connection for the character um that sort of like grounds them in somewhere other than being a gravely <laughs> badass um but sets up also there's really cool that whole shot they don't even really talk about it he just like brain just says yeah i don't know i make gas for people and like yes. behind him he's just got like this pump going like and it's one of those things like the the steam engine bit where uh we get some indications of that like there we do see a steam engine in one of the cars uh at, at a certain point uh i believe like that actually is like a, a plot point towards yeah uh, the, the end when he end. shoots the steam engine to to blind uh the duke uh to get away um but it's stuff like that that i think is really interesting like getting little glimpses into like how how are they you know whatever society they've stitched together or hierarchy they've stitched together uh it's in the middle of this public library that they mm-hmm. i don't know how they discovered there's oil underneath but they just ripped up the, the the concrete under the library and started digging yeah it's just like very like yeah there there's cars so there has to be gas well are we going to talk about the gas not really but we will say that there's a guy who makes it which is why we also going to allude to steam engines yeah yeah <laughs> Not pictured. No, we get one pictured. 
One. We get one. Yeah. So it's just at the end when he blinds. Uh, like there, there was a steam engine, I believe, inside the getaway car. I, I um, was just praying had. for my Fury Road style steam loco like yeah. la- yes. land yes. locomotive chase. Yes. Uh, like snake frantically, like Doc Brown and Back to the Future Three frantically, like throwing <laughs> shit into the burner. Uh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um. Um. Anyway, at this point, they have to make their way to where the Duke is, and they have. There's this very funny, very small, funny scene that I like. Uh, wanted to shout out about uh, them arguing about the directions on how to get there, which is just mm-hmm. like classic getting anywhere in New York sort of thing. That then kind of payoffs by the the reason they did they don't want to go down Broadway is that they know that Broadway has just been turned into a giant trap where some one faction has decided that if any cars come down this way, we're going to pelt them with bricks. We're going to beat them. <laughs> yeah, we're going to pelt them with bricks and take 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 it from them, I guess. Um, um, uh, is this... Uh, are they, this is where they, they've lost Cabby at this point because he, like, fucking runs. This oh, he is, just... He, just, he, books he says you don't want to be around Duke here. Shows. You don't want to... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to... You don't want to cross the Duke. Um, so like, you know, this is another, one of the two like kind of angles you see is like the whispers that everyone talks, uh, around the Duke and like how, you know, he shouldn't be crossed. And then like what he, what he like kind of says and presents at the speech at the fight when they're going to kill Pliskin later, the only kind of real characterization we get throughout this film, um, aside from him rolling up in like the most amazing uh, double chandeliered instead of you know who needs, who needs headlights if you got two chandeliers strapped to the front of your fucking car with uh, the iridescent uh, paint as well. Yes, just yes, just make everything incredible sparkle. car. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they 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 steal a car from the Duke's gang in order to try to make it back to where the president is before the Duke does and. Hence the little argument about which uh, which street to take. They end up being beating them by mere minutes um, uh, in a in a station wagon, which I think is very funny because that's somehow that fucking car survives being pelted by flaming arrows and rocks and bricks. Um, eventually, they find the 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 president being held uh, held hostage. Um, Brain and uh, Maggie, who we haven't really spoken of, uh, uh, who I guess they're together, which they don't sell. There's like zero chemistry between them. Um, well, there's the the, the cabbie makes the mention that yeah. Brain was given uh, Maggie. Given? By the, I missed the this one. Yeah, I believe that's what I believe that's. Yep. I believe that's that's a line that's mentioned, and so we don't. Now, granted, by the end of the film, right? The this way is that, the thing you know, I was, the, the, you know, so it's 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 made like kind of unclear what is the nature, you know, yeah. is this this thing where like yes, she was technically given, but they found a relationship, mm, and you know, I don't that know. makes like, things again worse for me. I don't know. I, I yeah, I don't I don't know like, how to take yeah, uh, but that yeah, there it isn't. It is not just implied. It is basically said that she was. Like ownership was transferred from from the paperwork <laughs> was given to brains uh, from Duke. Uh, 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 and that's like how the, those two find themselves together. And the fact that she comes to the front door certainly implies that she is almost for uh, serving sort of a, 
you know, secretarial executive sort of function to uh, like of the business that that brain is is running. Yeah. Um, they basically run dis- uh, distraction while Snake does his uh, sneaking thing, gets around back and uh, finds the president. Um, but then that immediately goes awry as they are uh, circled in by the Duke and his gang and uh, he's taken hostage. Um, the- Rain's capacity to bareface his way through these situations uh-huh. is truly mm-hmm. like I wasn't like I don't see like is he really the brain? No, but he is brazen. And so yes. it's just his ability to just like coolly look at people. He is openly betrayed and be like, uh, boy, you know, I didn't like I'm just here. Actually, I, I begged him <laughs> I'm not just to around. Yeah, you I swear. I didn't have a, yeah, what he had a gun. Do? Also, I think it's literally, though, I think the, the, the brain part has more to do with the fact that he figured out a way to make uh, make gas right it is yeah, he's, he's he a chemist inv- basically valuable yes. like what are you what are you gonna do that's the like, real yeah, thing it's like the only if he was anyone else i feel like he would have gotten murked in those situations but because mm-hmm. he's somehow he's a linchpin in many people's like i mean ev- like everyone uses cars to get around still because it's fucking it's manhattan it's long enough that you don't want to be walking that long uh if you're gonna be going uptown and downtown so you know with the trains not running you gotta you gotta use a car and so I feel like it's more so that brain is just too important to kill. And like, is going to say that he swears it wasn't, it wasn't him betraying it, but really like, again, uh, of, of all the people in here who have like stated claims, like brain would do whatever he could to get out. Right. Um, Including betray the Duke, as long as he doesn't get caught doing it. Just just as a quick aside, you mentioned the trains. Poor fucking Manhattan. Sorry, poor Brooklyn and Queens in the in the setting of this film. Yeah. You cannot get fucking anywhere anymore. No. You cannot it's, go into Manhattan to done. get your transfer anymore. That shit has to suck so bad. That has to be so irritating. Sorry. I feel like Continue. I feel like it's too it's too it would be too much to ask them to have made trains that go in between no, no. Brooklyn and Queens. Like even even with them cutting up, they're like, fuck it. Just uh, you know. Just it's take the bus. Air base now anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's no one it's living the f- out there anymore anyways. Uh um I don't how do you all feel about Snake's tattoo? <laughs> Yeah, so um, I'll be honest. I didn't love it. I feel like everything about Snake, like it, like yeah. first of all, Kurt Russell inherently cool looking. Yeah. So yes. like immediately, like Kurt Russell is a physical instantiation of a character that your typical comics artist spends decades conceiving of before uh, they before they spring to life. Interesting point to that. Uh, Kurt yeah. Russell apparently picked out the, the wardrobe and all of that for this character excellent like every time you see him dressed that's all kurt russell apparently the man the man knows like what he looks good in uh and does not miss (laughs) but then there's this tattoo which kind of i don't it doesn't even it's not even a very good snake no it's It's not not a very good it's a chubby little snake it's like it's like a weird i mean it's like a cobra so it's kind of but it's purple and the the implication is that it somehow goes down to his his penis uh because you see it go into his pants yeah come on <laughs> yeah no, i'm with you to. 
I kind of want to see how does the rest how of this does, go? How does it play out? Be I'm curious. Curious. Got a little rattlesnake thing like down on Hold the... on. Oh, Hold on. No. Breaking, breaking news. Yeah. What? From an action figure. No, Wait. that's not a, that's not what well, it looks like in the movie. Figure, unless this is an action figure like I haven't seen. That's not what it looks like in the movie. The, in the uh, movie, it clearly like, goes all the way down into his pants. Let's compa- yeah, let's compare that to how it is shown uh-huh. in the film. I don't know. That's, uh, that waistband is pretty high. That, that's a really high waist. It I'm is, sorry, but y'all. That's a look, really high waist. Look, it, it can be, look, it can be true yeah. that it doesn't wrap around his dick, but <laughs> should it? That's, yes. yes. It should. Yes. It should. <laughs> Canon, I'm not sure where we land, yeah. but... In my heart of hearts, I want to imagine in my mind that that snake is long and slithering and it encompasses <laughs> okay, all Okay, so we actually, dream I, think, of. I think here's what got me. Yeah. So it's a snake in profile, the cobra with its little, what do you yeah. call it, little like cape that hood. a cobra has? Hood. Yes. The hood, yeah. But it's in profile. But when he's first waking up where they're holding him, mm-hmm. it just looks like a very jolly little snake and the shit like curled up in the shape of like a question mark. So funny. <laughs> and so, so just, like it just uh. didn't look very much like a straight a snake rearing up ready to strike as much as it looked like a uh the Bugs Life caterpillar that he tattooed for some reason on his tummy. Who did this? Who did this to him? Because this is know. such a dog shit tattoo. Any artist worth their salt would be like, no. <laughs> uh, no. That sucks, dude. Um, but yeah, now... I'm trying, to pull, I'm trying to pull up the transcript for a video called Kurt Russell Talks About His Suggestive Snake Tattoo from the Graham Norton Show. November 2nd, 2018. Suggestive. Oh my god. Um, See? Suggestive. See? Wait, um, is that Kurt Russell's tattoo? No. They can't well, no, be. Hold on. Okay. So I'm gonna I, I don't know exactly what this is. I'm gonna link this. Okay. Uh to all of us. Uh we can we can go ahead and watch what uh what Kurt Russell says and you can you can drop this in Kato. It should start at the 37 second mark where I've embedded it. Everyone okay. It 37 seconds, right? Yeah. We wanna watch this together? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Three, two, one, and then play. Three, okay. two, one. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't imagine, you know, yeah. having one that... Because I imagine, Kurt Russell... I mean, well, we've seen you in movies with tattoos. You've had famous tattoos. Uh, uh, Snake Plissken had a big tattoo, but that was a hand-drawn one. Oh. He had to draw that on, yeah. Um, you had to hand-draw that on every day? Mm, well, we only... It was, like, three days worth. Oh, because when you... Yeah. yeah you didn't have your top off the whole yeah, time of the film? Exactly. Okay, good. You had to know it was in there. He never went yeah. outside. Yeah. He had a stencil, but then he had to... He had to fill it in. God. Okay. It was like... That was back in the day, though. They weren't mm. quite, you know, was on top what of it What forms the now. snake's tail at the bottom? Well, that was the idea. <laughs> well, that was the yeah, idea. Yeah, the snake, you know, Clever. going on, yeah. Oh, okay. have a long tail snake. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, back in the All day. right, so yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. He's uh, yeah, yeah, back in so the wait, day. Uh, is he, <laughs> what is does he that taking mean? The... Back in the day we were cool with <laughs> de- de- Is he taking the piss or was there a makeup artist who was just stenciling a little like I, magic no, marker snake onto his tongue? No, I think that I'm presu- Yeah, I think he's telling it straight. Yeah. You'd have to, that's just, yeah, that's just, that's the, um, a makeup situation at that point. Cause it's not gonna, yeah, not, not permanent, but. But it must be using something that is not going to immediately, you know, Fall wash off, off either, with yeah. sweat. Semi, um, semi-permanent stuff. Yeah. Like a, a hardcore, 
you know, like one of those yeah. tattoos you you know you get as a kid where you put the paper towel over when it's damp. <laughs> um, uh, then we uh we 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 enter here from him waking up from being uh uh, I don't know, actually. Oh, no, just camera. I've I've been here the whole time. Okay, My camera just, just froze. Camera. I okay. didn't want to like. I didn't want to interrupt. No worries. Um, and did not have anything to add to the dick snake discussion. <laughs> um, uh, we we enter here into another video game. We've got Street Fighter Zangief being tossed into the mm-hmm. into the ring with uh, Snake and. Um, yes. <laughs> is this literally Zangief? Like, is this where Zangief comes from? I feel like just at least at least part of, I mean this 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 trope I feel like also happens in a few other movies of just like large burly hairy man yeah uh you know but um usually as an, in an antagonist role um but it's it was the like having having that sort of like so many other games have have taken from this uh from this movie already I like would not be surprised if there was some of this guy is is where how we get to uh, Zangief. Um, yeah, I don't see. I was look. I was looking at the Wikipedia page. I don't right. see anything specifically. Um, I don't know if it would ever have been cited, that. but it's just like you know, it was in the air. Zangief was originally conceived for Street Fighter Two as a character named Vodka Gobolsky. <laughs> <laughs> Vodka Gobolsky. We were so close. Oh my god. Oh, his appearance is similar to real life professional wrestler Ivan Koloff. Okay. So I think okay. that is this is more pulling from yeah, yeah. wrestling. That said, uh uh Koloff the wrestler, if you look at this image, yeah. uh you know, uh you know, pulling from a, an aesthetic lineage, yes. uh, uh you know, the big you know, Andre the Giant sort of the era of wrestler, just like the big enormous uh man, you can you can see how that uh has a has a through line for sure. Yeah. My dad sat on a flight next to Andre the Giant once. Wow. Uh, yeah. He said he had to take up an, an entire row to himself. Um, one of the few times my, my dad could never remember pop culture things, but he remembered Andre the Giant because he was impossible to forget because it was like, why is that person so big? Yeah, that person <laughs> is gigantic. Um, I, I love that the ridiculous thing that they give them to fight with each other at first is bats. Have you ever have you ever hit a bat against another bat? That shit stings. <laughs> yeah, well, hitting a bat against I've played I played ba- quite a bit of baseball when I was a kid, and the thing you always wanted to avoid uh, when you swing a bat yeah. is you don't want that ball to hit like lower on the shaft of the bat because that will just reverberate yep. and destroy your hand. What I couldn't figure, I was like, why was you know again you know adrenaline of the fight you know he's exhausted all things going on like seems like if he could have just like hit him in the leg like could have could have accomplished some things right uh down there the guy was powerful but pretty slow they just take out like one kneecap like yeah seems like that would have been helpful it definitely felt like he was he was just immediately on the on the defensive it was not a particularly well-staged <laughs> no no fight scene I i feel like uh john carpenter uh you know obviously hits the has one of the all-time great, perhaps the best fight scene ever put to film in They Live between uh, Roddy Roddy Piper and uh, Keith David. 
um, uh, that goes on for, I believe, 10 plus minutes. Uh, oh my God. Film. It rules. But uh, this one, let's say, my, <laughs> much like my impression of most of this film was like, mm, all right, well, this fight seems to be going yeah. on for a while. <laughs> the whole scene, like the entire, I, I don't know. I think like, for me, this is a movie of iconic moments and iconic yes. characters and a lot of misfires yes. in between. Yes. Like, yes, uh, there's such a, He's got a great set, for instance. We looked on that long corridor to just like the sound of the gunshots as Duke is using Snake's gun for target practice to torment the president. Uh, And like, that's kind of cool. But then there's there's just nothing interesting happening at at Duke's palace. You know, it's uh, it's it's a really boring place where he's just like, you know, He's he's coaching the president to say to, to say Duke is a number one. Uh, <laughs> and then he's like, all right, now it's time for our cage matches uh, to, to begin. And they're really underwhelming cage matches. <laughs> this yeah. Is- yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a there's a small uh, intro from Duke to make it clear that. The point here is to kill Plexkin and have him be a hood ornament as they cross the bridge. This is, I think, the second or, or either the first or second time they they mentioned that essentially what the plan is from the Duke is to yeah uh, lead with the president in such a way that they couldn't they can't immediately shoot. Uh, the crowd of people crossing this bridge, which has been booby trapped, but someone had a brain has a map to the booby trap. Yeah, this map sucks, though. I gotta be honest. <laughs> you know, by the end of this film, you realize that you wouldn't. Well, this wouldn't have worked out very well for for Duke. Because brain, he did say brain follows. He said jog right. <laughs> he didn't jog no, right. No, but when he goes left, <laughs> he dies. When he goes left, that's what actually kills him. Yeah, it's not right. the jog right. Yeah. is when there is a split path. Oh, after the Pliskin, bomb happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Pliskin is like. Just ignoring brain. He's like, I'm just, I'm, I'm just too cool. Going. My coolness will guide me to the, <laughs> to the end of this sequence. And he goes left and as he's yelling, he, you know, he gets, he gets it. So I don't know that it worked, would have worked out all that well for yeah. the Duke um, and his, and his escape to freedom as much as I admired the plan. <laughs> um, okay. I think that speech is where I really started to realize like, I watched The Warriors not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the movie I kept thinking of while watching. Like, you know what's a better movie than Escape from New York? The Warriors. You know what I'd rather watch than Escape from New York? Right and what's now? funny is The Warriors. <laughs> like, <laughs> equally, if not more so, like tuned in to Urban Dread. Uh, but well, yeah, also, you want a movie like, that like actually is weaving politics into yeah. it's like we want to have a bunch of like iconic, goofy looking, right? Like like groups that uh you know are are warring factions but duke like, is boring compared to like cyrus yeah. is electrifying oh, in the opening of absolutely. the warriors um and it's like it's one of those things where it's one of those movies where it like the start of the movie isn't the end of an equally interesting movie in in some ways uh but yeah that like that is a movie that kept sort of uh striking this me. movie is 2 years after the warriors yeah. so it really i mean n- i haven't done an exhaustive research on Carpenter and talking about his influences. You assume it comes out in 81. It must've shot in eight, you know, 80 written in 79. That's usually sort of like the, you know, two ish year period for films like that. Like this feels like 
I mean, the Warriors itself is a B movie ish, but is like punches above its weight. But Escape from New York feels like Carpenter chasing kind of a, a Warriors a movie um, in a way that doesn't. If you watch the Warriors <laughs> next to it, like we're saying, doesn't it, there's there's a there's a better movie, uh, even if this movie has lots of iconic moments. I think that's what the I think that's what the watch reveals to me is, you know, I last watched this you know, 25 years ago, right? Like whenever I discovered the thing, it's like time to watch the other Carpenter stuff. And I sure watched this, but I'm pretty sure I fell asleep halfway through because like, I don't remember anything about the second half. I, re- I distinctly remember the openings and him coming in on the plane and then nothing from the second half because I think I rented it from the video store and fell asleep. Minutes 30 to 38, I did have to watch twice because I had a sleep attack. Uh, I'll, 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 you're blaming on the film? I'll be, I'll be fully honest about that. I mean, listen, I didn't fall asleep during Alien. True. This time. The first time, yes, but this time, no. <laughs> um, oh, uh, also things that aren't amazing. Uh, when they run back to the glider. And, okay, first of all, oh how tall God. How tall does Carpenter think the World Trade Towers were? Because <laughs> there is a moment where they're like, it's up on floor 50. And I'm mm. like... There were more were more floors than that, John. But also, everyone's just like, Whew, boy, I'm a little winded after running, <laughs> running up and down yeah. well, uh, the World Trade Towers. Floor 50 was where the elevator from the from the roof went down. Oh, to. OK. And okay. then from 50 down, it was all it was all running. Oh, OK. That makes sense. Oh, 50, 50 flights. You can you run that. No problem. Uh, I thought <laughs> I it was like know that, I that would have been. <laughs> That would have Chester Crujoli, but oh no, what have we found up here? Uh, yeah, people with feather, feather, uh, feathers just sort of taped to their, are they even wearing headbands or just like feathers mm-hmm. in their, in their hair? Uh, but it's very much have, like an yeah. old timey B Western, uh, engine attack as they're yeah. dumping the, uh, the glider off the, off the World Trade Center. And For like, no reason. It, it's like, brain literally says, Goddamn Redskins, they're savages. As they oh, are, oh really? Yes, oh, I yes, yes, I, yes. I, I he says the scene. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but also mm. dramatically, the scene's um, pretty inert. Like all it does is accomplish. Like they can't use the glider, right? Right, right. Yeah. Mostly, he is also saying that he's he's yeah. Brain in this moment is talking to the president, um, which I I personally kind of did feel this as just like another hint of Brain's kind of mercurialness is like whatever's gonna get him out, like whoever he has to be good with, he will be good with in the way he thinks he can be good with them. And to him, it's like if I'm a racist, uh, the president knows what that's like being racist against Indians, right? Um, because it's like yeah, that's the line is they're savages, Mister President. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, this is essentially just to say, like, they can't get out the way that they meant to be, that they meant to, so they're gonna have and to take... And this is why they can't abandon Snake. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're gonna have to take the, 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 the route down, uh, down across the bridge using Brain's map, um, with a, an escape vehicle that they, they think is, <laughs> has a, this is one of the funniest moments, I think, in this, in this, uh in this movie where they try to like start the start the car and the snake goes it's not working pops out and goes to open the goes to open the trunk the 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 hood to see what's wrong with the engine only to be met by a human being instead of an engine <laughs> um it it is amazing because like 
the implication that Duke arranged this little surprise. Yes. That, that, yes. that Duke had a, you know, it'd be a great beat here. We will all really lurk funny. just out of sight, but one of you will <laughs> quick get the engine out get of the, the engine, engine block. out. <laughs> yeah, they're fifty floors up. It's gonna so take we a have minute. Time. Yes. All right. Yes. Now you now you climb inside. <laughs> this is Duke's real 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 power here is just knowing that it's gonna take them. They have enough time to do it, so we should go through with this. You know this what? Ridiculous Actually, plan. This, this is in keeping. He, this is the, I'm going to use chandeliers as my carriage lights. A hundred percent. Or even doing the arena fight. Right. Right. Like, yeah. it's a sense of drama. Just kill him. Duke is a <laughs> show. Oh, no. We, I, I need, yeah, I need the spectacle. And then it bite, you know, bites him in the ass uh, multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. Because as, as, yeah, as we mentioned before, th- this is the one hint. They actually have the, the steam engine that used to be inside the car standing right in front of him, which is how right. uh, Snake escapes by shooting it, causing steam to erupt, giving them enough... Uh, enough Converting to steam engines, trivial. Yeah. Trivial. Getting, it's fine. Uh, they they, make, they refine their gas own... from below a public, a public library. Yeah. Trivial. They refine we got their own gas. It out. It's only one guy, though, is the, is the problem. Brain's the only one who knows how to do this shit. There's the only reason this motherfucker survived this long, because otherwise... <laughs> he's done. Done on day one. Um... Uh, uh. Thankfully, Cabby is waiting outside for them. Like, like, a, like a tried and true, you know. Cabby always knows when to when to show did up. I, did I miss why, or is that just a fun, convenient appearance of the character? Did I miss that? It's. I think it's. I think it's the latter. Like the yeah. whole the whole premise okay. of the character is that he's always there when yeah. you need him. Yeah. Right. That's okay. that. That's. Yeah. I'm fine that's with that. Thing. I don't consider that a a logic jump. That's yeah. fine. I just was wondering if I, somehow I I, no. I I missed something in in watching it. That like is there a reason? No. He was, he just I mean he does want to be near the action, right? Wants to catch a show. Yeah. What's big, what's a bigger show than Duke <laughs> throwing a, you know, fancy glider off of uh, <laughs> the big building. Yeah. Um uh, we get the uh we get them uh traveling across the bridge which has been booby-trapped that Brain uh, has a map to. And unfortunately, they they hit they hit a mine and split the car in half in such a it's way. So fucking funny! It's so good. Like to me, I know there's probably not a reason to do this other than like it's funny to split a car literally in half. But for me, part of it's like it feels like Cabby probably taped that car together out of parts, and like and that is one that was just one of the weak points was right down the middle. Um, uh. And, and and then yeah, we have in that explosion also the the unfortunate death of Cabby, the the, the greatest character in this movie. Um, really, the only like moment with any pathos in the yes. entire film, as yes. like he checks as he checks the guy's body, uh, and and sees he's not going to make it. Yeah, um, and like it's such a small moment, but it's like I don't know, like yeah, like the 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 the. The 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 very I mean it's a very um trite's not the right word like a very kind of simplistic uh putting forth of this idea that like like uh these systems aren't ever as even though they're meant to supposedly be good for the working class or like for the normal person like 
like his death ends up being the one that you're kind of like most hit by not just because he's the most character but like he because he's he truly didn't want more than to just be like a good person driving his cab right like of all the different people who like kind of want out in in different ways like they're willing to kind of be underhanded in their means um uh uh especially especially brian and a little bit snake um gabby was just you know a good person it felt like uh any of the the movie spends just the barest amount of time eulogizing or or but it's the most that any character gets any sort of it's the most that anyone like it's still yeah it's still Uh, very short uh like there's so much energy in this film that if you listen to uh, and read modern interviews with carpenter that i feel like Pliskin and how this movie treats its characters is like so emblematic of like how he talks about how he views himself, his legacy and what he thinks of Hollywood. So, for example, uh, when Hollywood has chosen to remake his films, whether it be the most frequently the Halloween films or I think there was an assault on uh, Precinct 13 remake some years back. And people ask like, gee, you know, what is it like for people to revisit your work and like. Is that complicated for you? He goes, no. They write me a fucking check and I cash it and I move on with my life. And then I play more Borderlands. And I don't even, like, not even, like, really cheeky. Like, that's, that is sort of just how he views things. Like, even the system that he is, he operates in, Hollywood, you know, often you hear from, like, indie filmmakers, like, come through the system and then become big successes. Like, time to do my own thing. Like, I don't know. Like, he made his money. He made his films. He lost his touch. Like got got out and now cashes checks while Hollywood cynically cashes in on the films that he was once known for. And like there's a stir strong those sorts of vibes in Pliskin as a character and how this movie looks at its systems, lack of solutions, like sort sort of thing. Um, sorry, R- R- Ren, did you have something? No, it's okay. I've just been I've just been kind of circling around the same thing the entire movie, which is like after this eulogy, right? This is the only character that the film. Like properly, no, I, that's not true. Maggie gets a shot too. Maggie gets a yeah. shot where like this shows his bot, this show her body because uh, again, I was reading up. Uh, apparently, Carpenter was like, I don't know if people think she was actually dead, so I just had to like kind of confirm that that was an L. <laughs> uh, which like, yeah, bro, I fucking think she got t boned. Um, that aside, I mean, this happens. You like you get this eulogizing moment, and then. Five minutes later, after Pliskin, you know, does his escape from New York uh, and gets over the wall after crossing this fucking bridge and he talks to the president, the president goes, what is the one thing you want? And the film takes that opportunity to try and convince you that it has cared about the people in it to this point. Mm. Because the only thing Pliskin asks is, can I have a moment of your time, Mr. President? The president says yes. And he says, what do you think about the people who gave their lives to get you out of there? Uh, and then the president just fucking completely dismisses him, right? And it is this moment where the movie is trying to convince you that it actually gives a fuck about the characters that it has shown to this point, and it doesn't. It doesn't, because the entire time the camera did not give them that grace, with the exception of Cabby in that one fleeting moment. Mm. And, like, wraps back around to what we were saying earlier about, like, the way pop, like the way Carpenter approaches politics in his films, to quote Patrick, it's a sledgehammer, right? The movie is not subtle. The problem that I have with Escape from New York in that, like, last third is that 
yes, the politics of this movie are a sledgehammer. It just so happens to be that real people are the head. And like, like actual, like the, it's a sledgehammer to fight back against Republicans, not to actually like say anything about people who live real lives uh, under the thumb of like a police state. And that does get, does grate my gears. And so of course, Cabby is the only one we properly eulogize. Uh, because- the, other, the one the, the one thing you could say is like, yes, I, I don't think you can really excuse how the, the film sort of like characterizes or lack of characterization for any of the, the residents of the prison um, and how it uses them just to depict them as, you know, the crazies and, and that sort of thing. Just to so that stuff that's like cool to visualize um, and provide like a set piece. But like Pliskin as a character, I, I think does for his, for his lack of real characterization. I mean, from start to finish. He d- d- believes it's all broken. Mm-hmm. Like that, that informs his lack of real. Like you only get one glimpse of his humanity, which is when he meets Brain. Like back at a moment when he was a, seemed to be possibly a different person, but otherwise he just operates as this cold, calculated, not even killer. He's like dispassionate about whatever he's doing. It's just the goal to get out. Um, and yes, there is that moment where he asks the president, you know, what did you make of the people? But even. I don't even know what he's looking for. Um, and I don't know that he's like looking to validate anything. If anything, he knows the answer he's going to get. Um, and I don't know. It all just seems more of a setup for a punchline than it is a point, right? It's a joke that rather than, uh, you know, like, ah, and this is right. what this, this movie has been building towards. I mean, maybe it has, like it has just been building towards like something that makes you laugh as he walks away smoking. And it did. Yeah. It did make me laugh. You accomplished that, Mr. Carpenter. Um, but then that's where, where the like, as you're pointing out, really, the movie sort of is is hard to hold up beyond sort of the, the cool ass aesthetic that is most of the legacy of this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and like, it's especially difficult given that they they, they they give this like moment to snake right at the end right where he ends up destroying the the tape that supposedly has this thing that was super important to get out um but we like never get enough of <laughs> an understanding <laughs> right there's like all sorts of things of like no other way to get this across like that action feels like it's meant to it's supposed to mean something specific and it, it kind of ends up falling flat in a way of just like we we don't the 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 import of what is on the tape itself is kind of you know tossed to the side like it was very quickly mentioned and like there's not much to glean for like how like what that tape would have done or what it represents honestly and like the lat to like linger on that last bit of him just like kind of destroying it he's like okay you like at most feels like it's like fuck the man is like kind of as far as it goes without being kind of more clear about what the greater like stakes were here. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, go- it, I guess the thing I'd say is like, yeah, it's like they needed him to save their world. Mm-hmm. And basically like, you know, the implication is through, through that peace settlement they would reach with, you know, sponsored by nuclear fusion. Yeah. Everyone would be able to like walk away from this, uh, like unwinnable conflict um 
and yeah, it's it's it, it's kind of like he's 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 dooming them. I don't know if he's dooming the world, but he's 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 dooming them to just like you know a future of 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 this forever. Uh, but but yeah, it, it does. I don't know. It's it's like this is a movie that like 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 Snake himself in a lot of ways sort of like strikes a lot of poses. There's a lot of memorable poses, but not a lot of like substance to it for sure. Um, I think we can look at some, we got a few questions. Thanks everyone who sent in questions. Uh, normally you can send questions into gaming at vice.com, but for these Patrick's been doing tweet forms, which has been working out pretty well for the, the quick turnaround one. So thank you, Patrick, for gathering these. Um, uh, let's say, um, there's a couple there's a bunch of different ones that kind of hit on this exact thing of like and we've talked about it a couple times already but the kind of connection to 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 games and uh from uh anonymous i guess hey waypointers uh escape from la although we did new york has has had a significant uh mimetic impact on video games the most obvious example being the various nods in it to the metal gear series it and indeed many of Carpenter's films feel insanely video gamey, despite the fact that most of his films existed before video games were more than arcade-like experiences. For example, Pliskin's gearing up scene in this film and its sequel, the mini boss and boss fights, quote unquote, throughout. This is not just limited to his uh, this film. They live even ends it with a building crawling shootout to get to the rooftop, like a like some sort of final level. My question is: To what extent do you think Carpenter's films have in common with video games and their tropes? Do you think the games we have today would be anything like they would be if these films never existed. Um, I mean, certainly at least the Metal Gear series wouldn't exist in that, in the particular way that I feel like it exists without uh, uh, Snake Plissken. And uh, I haven't, you know, I don't actually know what the plot to escape from LA is, but there's like so many, like the nanomachines shit, in MSG is obviously uh in Metal Gear Solid is as obviously taken from here aside from yeah and like Kojima has been very explicit yeah, like, like he's he is a cinephile he is he is someone that lo- you know in a different life would be directing films um but, but makes I would even suspect so. that at, at some like the the like vague uh gestures towards uh, nuclear power in this movie probably are why he ends up focusing on nuclear weapons in in the Metal Gear series. Um. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's you know, I, I don't know how much uh, Carpenter is like an enormous fan of video games. Like there is a reason. So back when, like Carpenter now uh, has had sort of a cultural renaissance, partially due to the success of the like soon to be concluded trilogy of Halloween films. Um, but for a long time when I, I was at giant bomb, uh, he just had this geo cities ass website that was run by his son. And I used to do these like spooky, like I'm gonna do a bunch of Halloween themed coverage. Like it was an excuse to like pitch the, one of the co-directors on the Blair witch project to talk to me. How else am I going to get my foot in the door there? And so I, for I think three, at least two years, maybe three years, I just I this started by emailing webmaster at johncarpenter.com with just, hey, uh, huge fan. I know John Carpenter is mentioning that he likes video games. I was wondering if I could 
Don't even have to get on the phone. Can I just send some questions over email? And his son, I believe Cody, who is the one who also composes music with him now, and they have really stellar soundtracks on uh, the last two Halloween films, uh, responded back and said, yeah, 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 dad would, dad would do that. I was like, okay, okay, dad. Uh, and, um, and like he's out there. Someone has put in, you know, has his Twitter account is like mostly him talking about the video games that he's playing, most specifically Borderlands, loves loves the Borderlands game. So like it wouldn't shock me if he was playing arcade games at the time mm. and there is some sort of uh legacy there. But I, I don't know specifically how far back that runs in 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 his DNA. I, I think it's more likely that he was just someone that understood scrappy filmmaking and like this was the cheapest route to like effectively communicating sort of like the kind of shabby scripts that he was I mean, shabby in an endearing way. Yeah. Like they were, there's just, I mean, this movie is made with for $6 million. Um, and that's just like, that's, that's nothing even, even back then. Um, and so, but I think, yeah, I think you're right. Like there is, there is a lot of arcade structure, um, in, in how a lot of this stuff is, is devised even in escape from New York. I mean, like, I think that, it is the the film that exists in front of us is not like a means to an end. It is the end, right? Like the narrative that he wants to craft is, is the thing that we see. And it's like a simple narrative, right? It is, it is a simple, like fun thing. And I think that like that legacy like holds over into like early, especially early, like game storytelling uh, is that like, Oh cool. This is, this is, this is the end, right? This is the narrative is just like kind of here. We want those moments, right? Rob was talking about the like, this is a movie of moments strung together by kind of eh shit. And I think that like the specific kind of game design uh, that the the question asker is referencing is that, right? It is the eh level followed by the sick boss fight um, and, the, and the like spectacle. Um... We've got here from Infinite. Hey guys, this is Infinite. Love what you all doing with my turn. Especially love what you all doing right now with the exploration of '80s action movies that prove fundamental to popular culture as a whole. I'm sure you've already spoke at length regarding es- uh, Escape's influence over Hideo Kojima, but I would ask you if you can think of an actor slash actress who was more influential to games than Kurt Russell. Not just his performance as Snake and Escape, but also his performance as McGrady in The Thing and his role of Jack Burton in Big Trouble in Little China. For my money, the only actor who comes as close overall would be Arnold, but I feel like that's not so much a testament to Arnold's body of work as much as his body. There's <laughs> a very funny way to frame that. Um, hmm. Yeah, I feel like out uh, uh, even out of like Big Trouble in Little China, you, you, you kind of... I don't know if this is even obviously the direct... When did Big Trouble actually come out, now that I think about it? Mid eighties, I think. 86. I mean, like, I think more than anything, it's just it just it happens to be that Kurt Russell and Arnold Schwarzenegger are the ones headlining a lot this, of the things essentially decade of action films, uh, and as a result of games at the time being essentially like run and gun, right? Two D action games, but there's like, like I mean, of course you're going well, to. I feel like there's something about double like Double Dragon being made after Big 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 Trouble in Little China happens that is feels. I don't know if it was direct, like if there's any citations there, but it being like in the cultural like space, like it's possible that 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 feels like it could have been uh, influential in some way, right? I mean, to borrow 
something that Rob was talking about earlier. Kurt Russell is the is the quintessential cool guy, right? Uh-huh. Like Rob said that people spend like comics artists will spend their entire career trying to construct someone who just look who looks like how Kurt Russell looks every fucking day. And like, so of course Kurt Russell like ends up like influencing a ton of things. Mm-hmm. It's more that Kurt Russell is the embodiment of something else and we can most readily identify it in him because like he's the dude, you know? He is the dude who is that thing. Um, and so I think that's it's it's a bit of a, a chicken and egg scenario. <laughs> yeah. Um if you had to escape New York, what method would you use? Parentheses, no, I have not watched the film yet. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 my, my impression of New York is always the place I'm going for work. I've never mm. managed to spend enough time there to understand the geography enough. So I feel like all three of you would have much better answers for how the fuck you'd get out of there. Oh. I guess, okay, let me think of this. If remove the apocalyptic framing of the film. <laughs> um, if, if, if tomorrow violence spiked 400% and you were told you got to get out from where you are, what's the route? How do you get out? Jesus. Knowing that you, the whole city's also going to get out too, right? So you're looking at mil- tens of millions of people trying to leave a place at once. How do you get out? I'm pretty sure my little Mazda three hatchback would just like, become naturally an urban combat vehicle. Um, and I would so you just simply, go the Mad Max route. Yeah. I would chim- simply churn through. Ste- steam engine? You're going to convert it? Maybe maybe you should, maybe you get on that when you heard that violent crime was rising. Yeah. Time to invest in a steam engine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like you try to you try to get on a, a train while they're still running before that system collapses. Whoa, 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 What one? Which train are you talking about? Because like, if violent, if we're in the in the situation where like the city is done ski, when we are like <laughs> over, right? My 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 strat is um, assuming that the train lines are down in New York. Oh no, no, yep. You walk out. You walk out. I'm gonna get on the. I'm gonna walk along the subway uh, from the uh, train station near my house all the way down to the uh, station near our office, which happens to be right next to the highway. Uh, and then you can get on the like actual freeway and just walk that shit out. It'll take a minute, but you yeah. can walk that shit out. And right. you won't yeah, have to worry I, I about like, cars yeah. because the cars will be deadlocked mm-hmm. into a grid. Right. <laughs> like it would right. be standstill <laughs> traffic. You're not going anywhere in a car if everyone's mm-hmm. trying to leave. I'll walk over your car. Yeah. Doesn't matter. A bike, a bike could probably still work. At least a bike, even if you're running into obstacles, you'd be able to pick it up and like largely like navigate it around. But I feel like walking is probably the best solution, frankly. Oh, if violence breaks out in the streets of New York, I'll kill every bike I see. (laughs) What? What are the (laughs) Jesus? Hmm. Uh, all right, so I figured it out. (laughs) Everyone else is gonna be trying to escape from New York and get to the mainland, right, or get across over into Jersey. I'm heading up Long Island. I'm walking out the of the city. <laughs> and I'm going to go and I'm going to start raiding marinas. And I'm going to find a fucking boat. <laughs> and if it takes me all the way to fucking Montauk. Yeah. To find someone who didn't like snag one of their like, you right. know, boats or something. I will do it. But some like there's going to be some summer home with something like tied up on a dock. Right. They're not that, coming like, back for that I boat. I can take to get out. 
Right, they, exactly. They don't care about that season, boat. That season of the Expanse after the after the rock drops. <laughs> like that's that's my plan. I'm just gonna head out to the summer homes, and like, you know, I'll have shelter. There'll be some supplies long enough for me to find the uh, like literal escape vessel. <laughs> I see uh, Cloverfield. You're not making it over the bridge. Everyone's no, like, we just have to no. make it over the bridge. No, no you won't. You, <laughs> you won't. won't. That's why the bridge is such a oh. pivotal point here. It's just like, you're not making it across. Uh, that scene is so good in Cloverfield. Uh, we already talked about this, but I do want to shout out Liam for asking the hard questions. Does the snake tattoo circle around his dick? Does it run underneath? We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. We already discussed the snake <laughs> tattoo. Thank you for sending in the question, though, Liam. <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> um, uh, this is... Uh, not not a question. Comment, not a question. First time, long time. I hit to be the comment, not a question guy, but I thought this was fun. When I onboarded at the Fabulous Patrick Fox, just walked out of the room. Just ran away. Patrick Patrick heard comment, not a question, and yeah. just left. Gone. <laughs> someone, was, someone was turning on lawn stuff next door. I was trying to save Kato some, Thank you. some Thank headache you. of eliminating noise. Um, when I onboarded at the Fabulous Fox Theater in St. Louis... Parentheses, now very nice. I guess it wasn't nice then. They told us it was the filming location for the iconic fighting scene in Escape, back when it was a real rundown. Uh, this was scouted because Carpenter sent PAs around the country to find the worst city they could, and they found St. Louis, mm-hmm. uh, which is wild. I definitely felt uh, that that specific scene, that that theater evoked enough of Grand Central to me in like some of its archways and stuff that I was like, yeah, okay. That works. I get what they're going for. Uh it, it ended up mostly being a very good stand-in, I think, for for a rundown New York. Uh, uh also oh, just like a weird um I feel like I've known this factoid, but like I was reminded of it while uh, catching up on the movie, but that uh, James Cameron worked on the special effects for this before he was a filmmaker hmm. himself. Uh uh, according to Wikipedia, was uh, da da da. Certain matte paintings were rendered by James Cameron, who at the time was a special effects artist uh, with Roger Corman's New World Pictures. Mm. Cameron was also one of the directors of photography on the film. A snake pilots the glider into the city. Three screens on its control display uh, display wireframe animations of the landing target of the World Trade Center and surrounding buildings. Uh, Carpenter wanted high tech computer graphics, which were very expensive, even for a simple animation. Uh, effects crew filmed the miniature model set of New York City they used for other scenes under blacklight with reflective tape placed along every edge of the model uh, and buildings. Only the tape is visible and appears to be a three-dimensional nice. wireframe animation, which is that rules. <laughs> I was going to say that. I forgot to mention that. That matte painting no. looks awesome. Like, yeah. it's an incredible, it's an incredible, like, uh, location establishing shot. You know, it's, it's one of those things where does it look realistic? Who cares? If it looks sick... We just won't care. It's a lost art. Like they, you know, all of that's computer effects now. I, I can't imagine that matte paintings are like a real part of yeah. most film productions a- anymore. And I understand how we ar- arrive there, but there is, because I'm sure it would look exceptionally cheap to to modern audiences, but there there's something very evocative about that, that you're, that you're touching on there, Rob, that I... Whenever I revisit films like this, like, yeah, okay, I can tell it's a painting, but 
would that have been better with like a CG backdrop? Like so, I don't, I don't know necessarily. It's an improvement. I'll say this too. More- um, I'm not actually convinced it would look that cheap because, like, if you look at <clears throat> some of the sets that they built, like going back to, um, oh god, what is it? Is it, uh, is is it Chaplin who made Safety last? Uh, um. No, it's 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 well, something like this is I always want to see it in 4K. You can't watch this movie higher than uh, in Blu-ray. There's yeah. no Ultra HD version of Escape from New York. I'm sure that's coming at some point. But like that's usually when you can st- like sometimes it's like, well, maybe Blu-ray is all we need. <laughs> because, you know, like I don't need to see the effects a little bit, a little bit. But no, I, I was going to say, like, I think that, you know, these techniques were used a lot of times to like physically, like physically, like the two, like the, the, the actors in the set would be like literally right there composited next to the actual yep. like backdrop, but like carefully <laughs> shot and, uh, you know, and, and scaled, you can convey really incredible effects that I think sometimes do hold up better than a green screen. So like, I, I do wonder if it's, it's so much like it probably requires more, you have to get the shot on set. You, there's going to be no fixing it in post uh, as much. But I also do wonder if it, like so many other things, comes down to were the, were the people who did matte paintings a recognized trade in Hollywood mm-hmm. and with with guild rules. Um, because that, you know, that's really been the, the driver of the move to VFX is uh, it's it's outsourceable. And it's a non non union non union non non gilded, uh, like trade. Uh, last one here, I think. Uh, is the surfing car chase scene one of the dumbest concepts to ever be filmed and put into a major motion picture, or is it the dumbest composite to be filmed and put into a major motion picture? With a follow up email. Apologies, the surfing car chasing was an escape from LA, not escape from New York. Y'all should watch that clip anyways. It's really dumb. And here I have I really want to see that. I have it. I do really want to see that movie now. I've never seen Escape from LA. I have the specific um, scene lined up here in this link at 32 seconds okay. if we want to just quickly glimpse in. Yes, please. I'm I'm ready for yeah, it. Yeah. get that queued up. Yeah. Let me know when you're ready. I mean this in, in Escape from LA, 1996. This is around when Carpenter is dropping off like Escape from LA is really his last hurrah. Um, the last like big chance that he gets um, in Hollywood. Cause I think like after this is when he makes movies like the ward and ghosts of Mars and it's all, it's all not great. <laughs> Are right. you already? When we start in. Yep. Yeah. On go three, two, one, go. See, I like this already. Wait, no, sorry. Yeah, I, no, like yeah, I want to watch this movie. Yes! <laughs> I like the fucking street lights passing by. You know what I love about this little bit? It, you're, it, they're compositing the actors onto to the scene. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, a lot of that would just be like, Goofy, rubbery yeah, CG characters. What, what, what is Steve Buscemi <laughs> doing here? They're chasing Steve Buscemi while surfing. He's in a car, but they're surfing. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> oh my god. 
Okay. I think we've, is the I surf think... rock a carpenter composition? I really hope it is. One can only hope. Yeah, I think they, they stopped surfing from here on out. It's more of a regular chase scene. I think we could stop there. Okay. It is. Uh, uh, that's wonderful. Amazing. I'm... Obviously, this is where Hideo Kojima got the idea to put in the, the, skate, the, the, the skateboarding uh, mode in, what was that, Twin Snakes, where uh, you can, mm-hmm. uh, you know, do some skateboard, Tony Hawk's pro skating as Snake. <laughs> it really is. Good. Uh, from all of what we just said about how good compositing can look and how good you know, a variety of different kinds of special effects where it can look, that was one of the worst looking scenes of ever. I am, I am, I am a. Well, it's ninety six. It's not. You have to, this is ninety six. Yeah, like ninety six is mm. the. But that's the, like that's the advent. Like he's. I mean, this is the advent of CG in films, right? Like this is 19, 1994, 95, 96. Like this is Jurassic Park. This is like. The Abyss. Uh, I don't know. It's, I, again, I'm, I'm just, I'm not saying, like, it can be poor for all sorts of reasons, but it is also. Uh, so Terminator 2 is 91. Uh, but I, I will, I will just say it is like, I, I gotta believe, I gotta believe this is a choice. I gotta believe like, oh yeah. Yeah. The movies you're citing don't like lampshade it to this degree. Right. Right. Uh, this is so ridiculously like so ridiculous. It has to be like it's a stylistic choice. To what end? I'm curious. <laughs> I want to read this tweet. Yeah. And then I'll tell you who wrote it. Had no idea when Chris Miller and I got asked to stunt double Kurt Russell and Peter Fonda that we'd be in cinematic gold. Escape from L.A. in 1996. Who wrote this tweet? Who do you think is the stunt double? One of them. David Hayter? Any guesses? Hmm? David Hayter? No. <laughs> you, uh, Kato, can I give you a hint? Huh? You already said their name just moments ago. Wait, I did? What? Mm-hmm. Shit. Shit, what did it's, I say? It's not Steve Buscemi. No. That'd be wild. That'd be so funny. Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk! Oh, oh shit. <laughs> The scene gets better. Oh yeah. my god! Mm-hmm. Amazing, mm-hmm. truly mm-hmm. spectacular. Okay, so John that Carpenter is... was just having a lark here. He's having some fun. Yeah, that makes it. That it truly does make it. Uh, make <laughs> that it makes better. it better for me, yeah. knowing that John Carpenter was having a lark. <sighs> okay, I think that about wraps uh, us up here with Escape from New York. What are we doing? Next, what's what is the structure of this uh, show? Shoot. We <laughs> yeah. were probably supposed to figure that out before we got. We to this were moment. supposed uh, to maybe consider. Uh, no, actually, actually, I think this is Rob. Right now, I'm just hoping is you Rob let off next? last time with Predator, right? Yeah, yes. so yeah. you said we were going to the rotate left, to right? The left, we yeah. Were rotate one, and then go on the same. Yeah, yeah. we might get into and some so, issues where. All right. The rotation Wait, is it rotate the, one to the right or one to the left? Th- that's not that does th- th- that was just a thing from like board games. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah like, I don't think he meant it literally. Okay, uh, so yeah, I think it was just like so, moves over one, yeah, then, then rather than me being the starting position. So I end, I end up taking the rear as a as a as a result. Uh, Rob, you get Rob told me two ideas he had, and I just want yeah. to know which one he chose. Oh boy, uh. <laughs> And I am I am so on the fence about this. Um, the two movies I was debating 
Uh, one is Dark Blue, uh, which is a Kurt Russell uh, like mid two thousands movie. Uh, I think I think it might be another a David Ayer screenplay um, about a uh, corrupt cop, uh, like on the eve of the Rodney King verdict. Uh, like it's a a really solid B crime crime movie. Um, uh, Brendan Gleeson is, uh, you know, in, in it, uh, Ving Rhames really, really well cast. Um, but the other, the other option I was thinking about was like, you know, thematically, this is about like, we have to rescue the president, but the president <laughs> sucks. Oh, I hate it. I hate it when you got to rescue the president, but he just sucks. And that got me thinking. And I think ultimately this is going to be my choice because I feel yes. we deserve a little fun yes. little treat. <laughs> yes. White House Down, starring <laughs> Channing Tatum Excuse me? as a Capitol policeman who wants to impress his daughter, who's just like totally lib-brained, and she couldn't possibly respect her father, Channing Tatum, if he's just a lowly Capitol policeman. But what if he guarded President Barack Obama, played by Jamie Foxx? <laughs> and what if... <gasps> on the day that Channing Tatum goes to the White House, a coup is launched against President Jamie Foxx because his peace plan is just too good for the Middle East. <laughs> and so he and the president have to go on a buddy action movie adventure to get these these uh, like coup plotters out of the fucking White House. Oh, uh, so. God. It is. This is a like <laughs> directed by it, Roland, Roland Emmerich, Emmerich, right? Director yeah. Roland Emmerich, Independence Day himself, the day after yeah. tomorrow, twenty twelve. Roland yeah, Emmerich, yeah, all bangers, all bangers. <laughs> this is Roland Emmerich directing yeah. a movie that is completely built on the skeleton of Die Hard, like one hundred percent the beats, everything. This movie is Die Hard, but it's also The Rock. And it's also the West Wing. <laughs> wow. Wow. What a, what, a, what a treat. Cannot wait. Haven't seen this one. I've, so, uh, I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, I've, I guess because mostly I so associate Emmerich with, yes, I would like you to see you destroy the Eastern seaboard again. What's the one where there's the whole, everyone's like so, frozen in New York. Is that uh, him? Day After Tomorrow. Is that Emmerich? Um, day, yes. Yeah. Day after tomorrow is the frozen one. That was pretty solid for the first half. 2012 (laughs) is just so fucking absurd. I I I love 2012 is where like essentially like the apocalypse happens and there's sort of a the 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 water raises onto the world uh, sort of sort of thing. Uh, But yeah, this is like an off the beaten path for for him where he he makes something a little more contained, more of a not quite closer to Stargate era Emmerich, but closer to that than what would happen post independence day. So yeah. yeah. Uh does this mean that I'm going next again? Uh why well, yes it does. Oh then I know what we're watching. Keep it to yourself. Yeah after I this? will. Yeah I know what we're watching after this. You already know what's gonna pair with White House Down? Even uh, even though you don't say I don't know if pair with is the right term to use, but yes I know what mm-hmm. we're watching. All right. Okay. <laughs> Exciting. Well, that's it. That 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 is our that is the turn of the that is the turn of the wheel um, for the next episode of 
of my turn. But like, we're recording this uh, earlier than it's going to come out. Yeah. Usually, like, we record it on a Tuesday, comes out on a Wednesday. Recording on a Tuesday is going to come out the following Wednesday. So uh, by the time you hear this, so it'll be a little distance between things. But we'll get there. Send in your questions now. <laughs> yeah, we can send in your essays on, on White House White Down. House down. White House down. <laughs> All right. Well, You're just going to make me watch Stargate again, Rob. Great movie. Great movie. Uh, There's a lot of directions they can go. Yeah. You got, you got Chain Tatum, Jamie Foxx, James Woods, Maggie Dylan Hall. It's, it's all there. Rolling, em- Rolling Emmerich. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of things to pull on here. <laughs> but also, I mean, you know, it's a, it's also a Washington political drama. That drama. Mm-hmm. Political. Drama? I was saying, Tana. you know what? It's a thriller drama. It's a thriller drama. A drama. I misspoke, but I've decided it's good. (laughs) It's a political drama. (laughs) That could take you anywhere. Oh, Channing Tatum was in Free Guy. Y'all hear that about that movie Free Guy? Oh my god, Kato, don't curse us. Don't curse us. Kato, don't. You want to watch Taika Waititi take a check? Kato hanging a gun on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone be nice to Kato for the next couple weeks. Yeah. You'll never know what I'll do. (laughs) <laughs> and, my, and for my pick the gray man no, no! <laughs> deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.